why do we want to start churches in, in Africa, uh, Garth? I mean, w- you know, what's the use of church? So uh, that's a question to you. What good can a church do in a given area? I know what this church has done for this area. Um, displaced darkness. Uh, that high school now is one of the better high schools on the coast. It was one of the worst, the worst. Um, businesses are flourishing in Wyong. I, I, I want to say in light of, of the Anzac Day, uh, and there's a spirit of Anzac, they say, that is very significant to, to who we are as Australians, and it's about sacrifice and, and uh, mateship, mateship, you know, Mateship is something that was, um, I, I guess, developed way back in the settling of this nation when we sort of came together when we were thrown into this country and we sort of bandied together, helped each other get through life and pioneered this nation. And uh, Mateship is a very significant thing that happens, especially uh, among soldiers. But mateship, too, is really about what church is about, too. Uh, but... Being selfish and living your life just unto yourself probably doesn't allow for mateship to happen. And that's probably, that, that's probably what's happening in our society now, that, that, that mateship is breaking down. Um, sacrifice is breaking down. So these ancient landmarks that, that really are about um, the word of God at the end of the day we have major ancient landmarks. Uh, now, landmarks is something that you would, in ancient days, you would put on a tree, in a, on a rock, on the ground, somehow to let people know that this is the way. This is the safe way. This way will get you to where you need to go. Now, God has given us landmarks through the Bible. Certain major uh, principles in the Bible, prayer, holiness, prayer, holiness. The cross is another ancient landmark now. But what would happen, um, pe- some people would, uh, you know, meddle with those landmarks and get people lost. They'd fall off cliffs. They'd end up into deserts. And, and we actually now have our, our landmarks that are in the Bible displaced through philosophies, uh, humanism, uh, secularism, ancient landmarks that actually this church is built on are actually shifting day by day, week by week. And, And as church leaders, we're dealing with people who are becoming not people and are not being mates. They're not looking after each other. They're not covering for each other. Uh, they're just being me, I, and me, me, I, and me, myself, I, thank you. Me, myself, I, as Joyce Meyer says, me, myself, I. And you can't build a church with me, myself, I attitudes. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't build the church. Uh, uh, you, you can't do church. And so, cry. Uh, look, because uh, I'm, I'm, there's people who haven't been to church yet um, today, but... I want to have a context here that that the Anzacs paid a price. All all the soldiers. So we're not talking about 1915 Gallipoli, not just them. 8,000 men uh, just lost their lives over an eight-month period, by the way. Uh, uh, But but 
but we're talking about all the soldiers. We've got Bill in the house, Vietnam veteran Bill. Let's honor him right now. We got our mothers and fathers. My father served in a Lancaster. Ah, ah Neil Joseph, your father served at Lancaster too in the Air Force? Yeah, in the, it's the same sort of deal, your, your dad and I, dad, we found out. Same age, too. So they were in the war together in the Air Force. Anyway, we honor our mothers and fathers who paid a price for this nation to be the nation that it is. They paid a price for this nation to be. Jesus, now, okay, flip it now, flip it. I've honored the Anzacs. I did that entirely this morning, and I just did it now. Now I'm going to flip it into the spiritual realm. Jesus paid a price for us to be his church, not to live individually by ourselves, as my two-year-old used to say. I can do it. I can do it by myself. Now, God didn't save you to be by yourself. He saved you to be the church. He didn't save you, by the way, to join a club called a church. He didn't save you to join an organization called church. He saved you to become the church. So in, so in Africa... C3 is, is starting churches, churches that will allow people to come to, to find their identity in Christ. Because in the context of church, because the church is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So when we come to church, the Holy Spirit's here. And when we come to church, we're transformed by God and we become Christ-like. Very hard, very hard to be transformed and be Christ-like when you're living outside the context of church. Let me, let me say that. Theologically, and I've got miles of scripture here, I haven't got time to give you, but everything tells us the Apostle Paul and the teachings of the Bible says that we must be in the church. Very hard to be in church when you don't aspire to mateship and sacrifice. Very hard to be an army when you, when you don't want to do mateship and sacrifice. But when you're in a battle, you gotta, you gotta fall into rank and file. And you gotta push forward. Otherwise you get scattered, displaced, and you lose good people. And the church loses good people all the time. Because it's a ragtag bunch. And in fact, what we've done over the last many years, we've allowed the church to be a social club almost, a best friends club. And we've got innocent people shot down. And, and, and even yesterday, we visited some not great people, people with huge calling on their life. I should get back up here so people can see. Huge calling. And, and they took a big hit uh, around Christmas time. He got cancer. Uh, this is a young couple, by the way, about 30 years of age, two beautiful kids and huge calling on their life. And, and I got rung up by a minister, a friend uh, from Queensland. He said, look, I'm really concerned about my son. He, he's, he's taken some huge hits. At Christmas, he found out he had this cancer. He had that cancer removed. It's all good there. Then he had an accident at work about a week ago, and he's really done, he's really done himself some grief. He can't see. He's virtually blinded, lying in bed. And then his daughter had this, this, this high fever, high fever. Uh, he's, he, he's, oh, then, he, then his wife, sorry, then his wife had a miscarriage and, and, and they didn't get it all. And so she had septicemia, septicemia, sorry, yeah. And nearly, truly, nearly lost her life. Nearly lost, the doctor said, 
nearly lost her life. So then after that, he had the industrial accident. Then after that, the kid went down with it. So we go around and see. I said, Julie, I don't normally do anything on a Saturday, but I feel I need to go see these people. These people, you know, we need to be mates. We need to act like mates. They're not part of this church, but mates do that. Mates help each other, fend for each other, barrack for each other, encourage each other. Mates reach out. Do you know what I'm saying? Mateship. It's about mateship. It's what Aussies do. It's your character. It should be your character. This modern-day present situation of being me, myself, I is not Aussie. It's not Aussie. Don't fall into it. Don't fall into it. Me and myself. Me and my time. Me and my money. My money belongs to me. I'll give it when I want. God, you'll get what you deserve. You'll get it when when I say you'll get it. Oh, gee whiz. Okay, well, you can stand before him on that day. So I'm having a... I know I haven't got a lot of visitors now, so I can just you know, say some of this stuff. Is that cool? The father's in the house tonight. The father's in the house. So, so I'm talking about mateship because without mateship, we can't build the church. Without mateship, we, 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 can't, we can't be the church. So we go visit these people and, uh, oh, it's like a battle zone. He's literally lying on his bed and he's, got, he's medicated. He can't see. He's like, he's like a war veteran. Literally, like, a, like, a, like he's been to war. I actually said, you look like, this looks like a scene out of the Civil War. This literally looks like a scene out of the Civil War. So we prayed, we prayed, laid hands on him and just affirmed him and blessed him and anointed him. And oh, they rang us and they said, look, the temperature went straight up. The temperature went down in the child. We feel so much better. Who knows when the man loses his countenance, loses his, you know, because this young man, he's strong, but now he's just devastated. Five months of taking these huge hits, man. You know, you can only take so much. And he's just laying there going, why? What is happening? I'm a believer. I tithe. I give. I go to church. But what is it? Well, that's when mates have got to come to the party. And that's what, that's what we do. Um, so in, the, in, in terms of the church, the church for me it is a place where, honestly, um, let, me, let me just throw a couple of things at you. And it acts, can I just have this one scripture? That's all I'm going to do. Acts Acts, um, Acts chapter 4, I think it is, if I could have that up there. All the believers were in one heart. That's it, yeah. Okay, so that's in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse, verse 32. This apparently is good church. This, is, this apparently is good church uh, when you've got this stuff happening. Is that come up? Tell me when it's come up. By the way, church is this. I'm doing really well. Church is this. There's a script, there's a word, there's a Greek word, koinonia. Who's heard of it? Koinonia. Put up your hand if you've heard it. Koinonia. That's what really church is. Church is fellowship. Church is mateship. Now, koinonia has three major implications. It's this. Things are common between us, that we share things between us. The next word is sharing. It's actually the word sharing. We share things. The third word is participation. We actually participate with each other's lives to help each other down the road, but we participate in the same cause, the cause of Christ being the church. Is that cool? Now, in this scripture that you're seeing here right now, is that up there right now? All the believers were one, were, were one in heart and mind. Now, I'm telling you, 
We've had the church like this. And in fact, we've got the church like this to a degree happening. But it's an ever-present fight to get the church. Listen, tell me. We, this church has had, and because we're even here in this building, we've taken ground, we're in the building, we're doing great, we're doing great in church. The amazing thing is how we were able to accomplish all that we did as Crossroadians, as we affectionately called those people, who were Crossroadians a long time ago, yeah. Those people brought us to this place right here, Garth, because of this extraordinary mateship and sacrifice. Are you with me? Mateship and sacrifice that we partnered with each other, that we shared life with each other that we had things in common with each other. One strong thing we had in common was Jesus Christ was Lord and he was the way to salvation. And if we could get that message out, people would be saved. Tim Pedley's in the house. Give it up for Tim. He's just come in. Awesome. He was a Crossroadian. He was a Crossroadian. Dragging equipment in, dragging it back out, setting up church, pulling church down. He made, he is a mate. I can tell you right now, this guy is a mate. He paid a sacrifice. He's a true blue Aussie in my books. True blue Aussie. He's, he, he didn't give us lip service. I'm with you. I'm for you, Crossroads. No, he gave us his life. He gave us his time. He gave us his treasure. He is a true blue Aussie. Give it up for him again. All the believers, same scripture, all the believers were one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. I do not claim that my possessions are my own. I told you the story when I was mowing the lawn, looking back at my house. And I said to myself, I should be proud. I built this house. I built it with my hands. It's my house. Why can't I feel this such jubilation, this, this, this feeling like I've a And God's just said straight to me, it's not your house. You're privileged to build it. You're privileged to live in it. I gave it to you. It's my house. Look after it. Oh, okay. So all that we have and are is because of God. Amen? And it's up to you to dole it out. Dole it out. Dole out your time, your talent, your treasure. This me, myself, I. It's my time. I'll give my time to God when I see fit. The church will crumble. We, we, Julie and I, 24-7 live this thing. Live this dream of building this church. 24, my wife, more so, because women nurture things. They nurture dreams. They nurture families. They nurture children. But they nurture the vision too. And she wept. She interceded. She prayed. She cried. She gave. This woman paid such a huge price for this church. It didn't come easy. It didn't come, well, we'll give to this church. We're, you, know, you know, we'll just give it Sunday. No, we gave it everything we had and we're still giving it that. We give everything to Christ. So again, it says, no one claimed that, no one claimed that any of their possessions were his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostle continued to testify to, to the uh, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And much grace was upon him. Father, give us grace. Do you know what you can do with grace? You can start a business up like Tash, $1,000 a week. Grace can do that. Father, give us grace to do good life, our best life. Your, 
Christ died for you on the cross. Bill went to war for you to be a nation. Christ died on the cross to be the church. Because in the church, that's where our identity is. You built to serve God. You built to be in church. You're built to be Christ-like. And the church can make you Christ-like. If you serve the church, if you love the church, if you come to the church with faith, hope, and love. Am I, am I with you? And in actual fact, your identity is in the church. Some people juggle. Let's go back up here. Some people are born again. Me, myself, I, born again. Thank you. And they juggle life, friends, job, school, health, all of life, and church. And they juggle these things like that. They stand individually. They don't stand as the church. They juggle these things. And some people drop church. And they go, it's just too much. I've got enough to juggle. Friends, family, sporting events. This, that, everything else. Good things, good things too. But church drops to the ground. But the Bible really says that when we're saved, we become the church. Not individuals anymore. You are saved to be the church. You are saved to be a family. You're not saved to be by yourselfers. You're not saved to be an individual. That's why it's very important that we've found a church to belong to. As, as a church now, we do life. In actual fact, it becomes more like a spokes of a wheel. But, but, but we meet out ourselves. And, and, and all that we juggle in life, we do it in the strength as a church. Luke and, and uh, Garth, just come up here, buddy. Uh, I'm the church, but I'm trying to do life. I'm, I've got a job. I've got a marriage. I'm trying to raise a family. And, but, but we are the church. I'm not doing this by myself, because that's what the Bible says, that we're, that we're joined together now. We're the church. And so as I'm trying to do life, I'm actually going to lean on these guys. I'm actually going to ask them questions. And I'm actually going to ask them to pray for me, to do life. Rather than you guys being part of life I juggle. I'm not going to juggle Luke and Garth. I'm not going to let them fall to the ground. They're mates. They're mates. We're in this together. And all my hobbies, all my sports, and all my other loves and things for life, we'll do that together. Because we're sharing life together. And these guys are going to keep me strong. Together we're going to do that. Thanks, guys. Listen to me. I am defined. I'm not going to be long tonight. Nearly done. I'm actually defined. I'm actually defined not by working out and eating right. Although that person called Phil on Facebook, wait till I catch up to him. Is that, is that the guy? Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, the one. That couldn't be me, could it? <laughs> but, but, but listen to me, guys. Listen to me. I am defined by the church I'm in. I become actualized, realized. I become optimized. I become a 30-fold, 60-fold. I become a 100-fold in the context of you people. Do you know what I'm saying? 
We're in this together. I am defined. I am so much bigger and doing so much more in my life because of this church. You too should be the same. You too should be the same. You are defined. And listen, I would go as far as to say this. Your identity is found in the church. Your identity is found in the church. You should be able to say, I'm a C3 Tugra boy. I'm a C3 Tugra girl. Meaning that whatever they're on and whatever their vision is and whatever they stand for and whatever landmarks they live life by, that's who you are. Oh, you're a C. Oh, I've heard about you people. You you guys pray a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we pray a lot. This Tuesday night. (laughs) Be there, man. Prayer. Without prayer, we're going nowhere. When the physical landmarks are changed or removed, we can lose our way, blur our real estate property lines, or perhaps rather minor inconveniences when compared to the spiritual lostness that results when spiritual landmarks are removed or dishonored. The ancient landmarks of purity of his life has been and is being summarily discarded even by those who profess some degree of allegiance to God. There is a sharp contrast contrast between spiritual purity and its opposite the line is not blurred and hard to understand following god's way leads to purity of life and aban- so you're on a journey i've lost some people i can I, you're on a journey how you do life is follow the landmarks how you find it's like a gps it's more than a, no that's the holy ghost the gps is the holy ghost don't you like that no this is like the street signs this is like the street signs until we got them to put relocate our street sign of where our church was, you know, people couldn't find us. So these, these ancient landmarks are what we live by. Otherwise, we just haphazardly live life and we get lost. So just to help the, some of the younger people, there is a sharp contrast between spiritual purity and its opposite. The line is not blurred and hard to understand. Following God's way leads to purity of life. An abandonment of it leads to lack of purity of life. The problem is not a gray area of misunderstanding, It is clearly a lack of making right choice and subsequently practicing self-control. On every hand, we have expert professionals to help uh, cloud the issues. Human psychologists, social scientists, rationalize and decorate wrong until it looks acceptable. And, And fidelity is the relationships of marriage, parenthood and friendship commitment to right principles in business uh, the, I'll read that again. Fidelity, these are, the, these are the landmarks, all right? These are the things that we look out for as, as spiritual people. Fidelity in the relationships of marriage, parenthood, and friendships, commitment to right principles in business, the sanctity of one's word. Hmm. All these are ancient landmarks placed on life's roadmap by a loving father who doesn't want his children straying off the old paths to their hurt. Physical landmarks come and go as we progress or regress, but spiritual landmarks are there for all time and are changed at the change's peril. Don't change these ancient landmarks. Guys, don't let prayer go. Oh, they used to pray, that Crossroads Church. 
Hey, Luke, we used to hear about you pray. Seven years you prayed on that Chapman Hill Lookout. Tuesday nights, two, three-hour prayer sessions. We heard about how your church was started in those days. You used to pray for an hour before the church service started. Crossroads used to pray for one hour before each church service. Every, every meeting we ever had, we prayed. We prayed before, we prayed after. Is that the, is that the sort of ancient landmarks you used to aspire to? Have we moved the ancient landmarks? Are we trying to move these ancient landmarks? landmarks aside to do life i think we are i think we are i'll continue physical landmarks come and go said that spiritual landmarks do not need updating and changing because human needs and nature remain as they were from the beginning see you haven't changed what you know just because things have changed fashionably just because we got a fashionable change and we're looking different things don't change in here we're still built, you know, we're still built to, to, to do life according to the Father. The safety net from creation to judgment remains the same. It is the honoring of a loving Father, safeguards. The ancient landmarks are in place for our protection. Lastly, commitment and fidelity are ancient land. Commitment, guys. People only stay around a job three months now. Three months. I'm moving on. Hang on, hang on. We just started. Moving on. Got things to do. Got places to go. Uh, employees are saying, it's, it's so hard in these days to build their businesses because people are perpetually changing and moving. You can't build anything. Mar- people are moving on with their marriage. Oh, yeah, we've done a good year, but look. Oh. No. My God, we're moving the landmarks. The safety net from creation to judgment remains the same. Commitment and fidelity are ancient landmarks whose removal endangers human happiness. Those who honor them have it all, inner peace and satisfaction here and happy return home when their life is over. To him, uh, it goes on quickly. Today, as a society, we are unhappy. Listen to this. You can just some music, please. I need some music. I'm done. Today, as a society, young people, listen to me. Listen to me, young people. In church, you'll find direction. You will find identity. You will find definition for your life in church. This guy that sings a song here, this fashionable craze there, this person that's saying that, this new friend that does this, are just like that. You need to live your life with a sense of commitment. Today, as a society, we are unhappy, dissatisfied, unfulfilled. We have unnumbered teenagers who see no meaning in life. Suicide is rampant. Homosexuality, abortion, divorce, casual sex, you name it. Great segments of our society have tried and are trying it. But it's it's readily apparent that it's not working nor will it. We've lost our way because we have removed or ignored the ancient landmarks and we are paying the bitter price. There is a better way and we would do well to seek it out and return to it before our journey is over. There is ancient landmarks. The Anzacs did pay a great price and it was because of mateship and sacrifice. Let's not forget that, Aussies. Let's not forget that. 
let's not forget the ancient landmark of the cross of Christ and the price paid for us to be the church. He, he didn't save you to be an individual. He saved you to be a church. Church for me is this. Garth, it is exactly what I think you'd like to, to say. Church is a place where we can come, find identity, be defined as believers with faith, hope, and love, become ministers of the gospel, become ministers, reaching out like the Good Samaritan, even to our enemies and to our friends, reaching out to a lost world. Church is a place where you find support, partnership, where you find love. Church is a place where you are defined in who your calling is, who you're supposed to be in God's eyes. Church is a phenomenal place. If you commit to it, you can find a very satisfied life. If you half-heartedly do church, it doesn't work, trust me. And thousands upon thousands of people are falling out of church every week because they only gave lip service to God. I worship you, God. I worship you. Yes, but you worship me with your lips, but you don't worship me with your heart. You don't worship me with your time, your talent, your treasure. You don't worship me with your whole life. And you're not really the church. You're not the army that I, that I sent my son to die for. You're not the church that is united and powerfully effective to change the atmosphere of the society and to release the glory of God. Let's all stand, guys. Father, we stand before you and thank you, Father God, for this great day. The spirit of the Anzacs has, Lord, affected us, all of us today. But your spirit, every time we meet, affects us and blesses us. Lord, we are your church. We are your church. Just say that and pray that right now if we can. Father, we are your church. Lord, I, I, I just see, I just see a, a, real, a real onslaught of the enemy coming at people and saying, Hey, don't be committed to the church. Don't be, so, don't, be, don't be so caught up with the church. Hey, your life is outside the church. I'm telling you right now, I can say absolutely, biblically, theologically, your church, your, your life will not be found outside the life of the church. I'd like to qualify that, but I'm saying this. There is a rightful place of your belonging. Yes, there's miles of life outside this building, but your, your life and your fulfillment and your, in your encouragement, your sustenance, your strength, your health, and your Christ-likeness is in the church. So, Father, we lift up holy hands. Forgive us, Lord, for our selfishness. Forgive us if we've allowed those ancient landmarks to slide. Prayer, holiness, commitment, sacrifice, mateship. Father, forgive us, Lord, for living selfishly in a selfish world. Lord, I see a day when the church shall arise out of Uganda, out of Sudan, and even Iran. I see a day where the church will arise, and because of those people, they live self-sacrificially. They live totally for you. We will see the glory, and the glory shall shine from those nations. And the glory shall so touch this nation that we shall become what was prophesied all those years ago, the great south land of the Holy Spirit. We shall be a strong church. We stand against compromise. 
We stand against sloppy living. We stand against non-commitment. We stand against individualism. We stand against secularism. We stand against, we tear down every philosophy that opposes God. And we ask for the mind of Christ to do your work, Lord, to do your bidding in Jesus' name. And the saints say, Amen. Amen. Let's really give it up for Jesus right there. Come on. Oh!